Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the ninth episode of The Soccer Scene with Sport and Limerick. Again, delighted to be joined by our usual contributors and analysts, Noel and Jason O'Connor. Noel, we're starting on a very bright note tonight, it must be said. A really good performance from Treaty and result, of course, against Waterford in a big Munster Derby win. It was exactly the display that we were hoping for. Oh, definitely, yeah, and badly and badly needed. I say a sense of relief as well around the the Treaty Club as a whole. Um, after the Wexford game, like it hasn't been great in fairness, and you know the the first home game and the the heavy defeat to Cork obviously didn't help the mood. And you know you're facing into one of the the three fancy teams in Waterford United, and um, it certainly was a daunting task. And uh, I thought they were excellent on the night. You know, think. Things went their way, which hadn't happened really. They got the early goal. Um, they dug in like like we've seen them do last year, in particular when they get in front, play very deep and get everyone behind the ball and make it different, uh, pretty difficult for the opposition. I thought, in fairness to Watford, they played very well in that period and were able to mix it, that they did go short and long. And um, I have to say, I thought that Jack, Jack Brady was excellent on the night. We've spoken a lot about him as a replacement from Ty Grime. And I suppose the biggest compliment I can give him that it was a kind of a Ty, a Ty Grime performance where he pulled off three or four really, really very important saves at important times of the game to keep their noses in front. And obviously the sending off was a big boost and, and the time it came five minutes into the second half. And then to go 2-0 up, um, it just gave them enough of confidence, um, if you like, I think, to see the game out. Um Warford still pressed and looked very impressive with 10 men, created a lot of chances as well and got the goal back. But in fairness, in the last five or six minutes, I think that Treaty could have put a bit of icing on the cake, really. Had a couple of really good chances to make it 3-1. But I think 2-1 was a fair result. I felt even when Treaty were 2-0 up, that I think, in fairness to Warford, the way they played, that they deserved at least a goal out of the game, which, which they duly got. But it was a great three points for Treaty. Yeah, Jason, I was speaking to one of the goal scorers after the game in Matt Keane and he did say in one of his quotes was that it was a very, like last year, a last year type 3D performance. I suppose that was uh, a perfect way of describing it. It was, Adrian. Look, it was a really good performance from Treaty. The tactics were spot on. You know, the, the 4-4-2 wingers coming in narrow out of position and, and then giving waste when needed. No needless playing out from the back from goal kicks. They went long and, and your defenders looked like they wanted to defend. And when I speak of, of defenders, Mark Walsh and Joe Gorman in particular looked to defend uh, most definitely. And it was a really, really good performance. Do you know the benefits, I suppose, of that formation? We saw Charlie Fleming and, and Mark Ludden getting forward a lot more than we have in recent weeks. Both contributed with, with assists, Adrian and that's Charlie Fleming's fourth assist of, of the season. To you know the defensive shape was excellent. As no one said, this man in, in Limerick to see that formation change, Jason. I wouldn't say it was the only one, Adrian. You know, <laughs> that's for sure. We were all hoping for results, you know, and, and the goddess, you know, it really was. But yeah, it was excellent. I was delighted for them. The shape was excellent. They dropped in when they needed to drop in, you know, in the corner and, and red worked really, really hard. Um, and they didn't allow um, Ward for the opportunity to play through them. I must mention Callum and, and Joe Collins. I thought they were brilliant in, in the middle of the field. 
holding that central area. And, and one thing that was noticeable for me, Adrian, when the ball did go to the the Waterford front three and they had real quality in, in the final third, we could see that um, with Kavanagh and, and Junior and, and Phoenix Patterson. But when the ball was going into Kavanagh's feet, if he didn't control it perfectly, you had Callum and, and Joe Collins snapping in front of him. They turned over an awful lot of possession. They really did. So an excellent night. As no one said, a lot went far treaty to send enough, but it was a send enough. There's no doubt about that. It was a poor tackle. Um, and they scored at, at good times, but good value for the win. Like I said, with Cork, I suppose, the week previous, it could have been more for treaty and it wouldn't have flattered them. I thought they were excellent, Adrian. Yeah, it was a very good display. Noel, Jason just mentioned, obviously, the formation change. It went to 4-4-2. The team did look quite dangerous. And I suppose you could attribute both goals to the fact that, particularly even the McKean goal, that you were getting more players into the box and there was more water for uh, defenders occupied. Um, and as well, even within the Curran's goal, it was a great finish from Curran. And that's four goals in five games now and four goals in four appearances for him. Yeah, look, he's, look we, we flagged it at the start. He was a really, really good signing. You know, that... You know, for Treaty, you know, to come in, to, you know, for a guy who was played in the Premier League, and we know he's a he's a goal scorer. Um, I think it's it's good. He, I think he's a guy that needs to play every week, and um, he needs to be in that kind of a flow. And when he gets into that flow, he he score regularly. You know, but he's a real bit of quality. Um, I was really impressed with the middle of the park. And look, I've been talking about having two guys that need to sit in front. I wasn't really. Too hung up on who it was as long as they, you know, they did their job as such. And I thought that Joe and Callum did their job excellently well. Um, we haven't seen much of Joe Collins this season so far. Saw him a few times last year and he seemed to be in and out a good bit. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how he goes because, you know, you can find the guys who haven't played in a long time. They come in and play very, very well. And the trick is for them to do that on a more consistent basis. So I think if 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 he can get a decent run and stay injury free, that they should be nice and solid there. <clears throat> I'd also say, and a guy who we haven't seen in a few weeks, and I know Tommy mentioned in his post match interview about not being able to get um, Red and and the current on at the same time. I think Connor Melody is is a good shout there, as as a, a second number nine as well, if you like. Very very strong and physical, and certainly knows his way to goal, and is 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 prepared to do the work. Um, out of possession as well. I know he's out for a, a week or two now, I think, with the the concussion, but hopefully he'll be back soon and he's another he's another forward threat and he's he's certainly an option to play as as a front two. Yeah, I know that Tommy is hoping that Connor Melody and Colin Conroy will certainly be available by the time the Athlone game comes around uh, on Monday. Just on that note, Jason, in the midfield, I know people were very worried about the way Cork sliced through the treaty midfield in the in the game the week previous to that. It certainly wasn't the case this time. I, I have to say I was surprised, and I know that there were three surprised people around me surprised as well that that Joe Collins was the man trusted uh, to play in that role next to Callum McNamara. But as you said, and Noel said it there, he took his chance. And um, I suppose it's the big challenge now is can we get a run of games in Joe on a consistent basis? Yeah, it was very impressive, Adrian. You know, he knew his job. And that was clear even from, from McKean's interview after the game. He was very clear on that, that everybody knew their job. They were well organised and he could see that throughout the team. Joe impressed me last year, Adrian, in, in the games he played. He definitely did. I didn't know a whole point about him before last year, but he never let the side down. And, and I think even when he came on, 
um, this season. I think he came on against Cork, and when he did, he looked confident on the ball. He always seems to to do that. Um, so I wouldn't have any fears about persisting with him in there. Obviously, Sean Gearns will come back, um, and you'd expect him to, to come into the centre of defence. I'd be slow to take Mark Walsh out of there, I'll be honest. And uh, looking at it, I don't know if I'm correct, but I think Callum plays a little bit better in the middle without Mark Walsh. It could be that they're a little bit similar in their play and they go into the same areas looking for possession and and they look to do the same things possibly. So, yeah, I'd like to see more more of Joe in the team and, and I think the setup of the team, stop Waterford playing through the middle, Adrian, as I said. The, the 11 players are behind the ball when they needed to be. Cut off the, the central area, didn't allow it to go in there. When it did, they were pinching and slapping to win it back. And it was really, really good to watch. And I think if they persist with that formation, obviously the opposition at times dictate um, what way you set up, but the options are always there. You know, no one mentioned uh, Connor Melody. We also have Dean George. He can play up front. Jack Arra is, is in the squad. He can play up front. And you've read, and, and in the current, so that's probably five, is it? Yeah. That you can pick in a front two, and you have great options in the wide area. You have Joel, you have uh, Stephen Christopher, you have Matt Keane. Dean George can play out there as well. So I don't know if that was a little bit tongue-in-cheek from Tommy when he said he didn't have people available to play that system, but, but they're there, Adrian, you know, and, and it showed the value of, of the change in the result. Yeah, and obviously this week it's treaties by week because of the odd uh, number of teams in the division. All they face at Lone Town though in the refixed game that was scheduled to take place in the treaties first home game back a few weeks back. That's going to take place on Monday evening at the Markets Field and uh, the Monday coming. You know, it's 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 a game with a with a chance now for Treaty to build on it because at Lone, as we expected, have endured a tough start. There's a couple of subplots with obviously Martin Russell returning to the Markets Field, obviously not playing against the same club. He managed, uh, but we're coming back and playing against the senior side uh, in Limerick. You know, if uh, I have to say myself, you'd put Treaty as favourites just by the form of Athlone, but maybe we're expecting more of a challenge from Athlone than we might have faced earlier on the season. Yeah, I felt that. I said the, the Friday that Treaty played Cork. I watched the Athlone Galway game that night, um, and I thought, a bit more about Athlone, I suppose, than I felt they would. Um, Galway won 2-1. They scored off two long throws. But um, I just saw a sense of danger, a hint of danger about Athlone. A um, couple of attacking, attacking threats up front, a lot of pace. Um, and Dave O'Leary playing in the middle. And, you know, he seemed to get on the ball and, and, and shift that ball into the attacking areas fairly quickly. Now, again, like you're looking at the game on Monday, you know, does Tommy need to make a few changes? I think someone like Joel Costrain needs to start that game. Um, certainly stick with the 4 4 2. But um, I think that you need someone who's going to unlock the, the Athlone defence as well. And uh, it, it's just kind of nuanced, you know, if you like. And you mentioned it before we started, like the, the difficulty Ireland had last night in breaking down Lithuania because they sat in got everyone behind the ball compared to the match on Saturday night where they were playing Belgium who were, who were more inclined to attack a bit like Waterford if you like and gave Treaty a chance to counter-attack so I think that we probably need to get someone on whether it's Willie Armshaw or Joel in one of the wings certainly to be solid on the other side 
and obviously want to play that way as well. I, I think the game might be a bit more difficult than many people um, believe it will. I think they have a massive advantage now over not playing this Friday because that loan will um, will be out on Friday night and they have to travel every week on Monday, you know, which can be difficult. And I think the treaty are certainly good enough to win. But they certainly have to think a bit more in terms of their attack and uh, kind of carrying the game to at loan, but certainly being wary that they, a bit like Treaty, when they play the bigger teams, they might be vulnerable to, to a counter-attack. Yeah, Jason, do you agree with Noel's assertion that maybe one of the wingers needs to change? Because I know against Waterford, and you were one person who was profiting this, uh, that, you know, if you play a 4-4-2, you obviously need your two wingers narrow and obviously very willing to defend. Um, and I suppose that's obvious against a team like Waterford. But do you think that maybe one of the wingers now, you bring on the likes of a Joel Castrain or a Willie Armstrong when you know that loan are probably going to be a bit more defensive and cautious? Well, I'd certainly definitely stick with Matt Keane. He's kind of the template for me to play in wide areas in that formation. And, and it's probably a toss-up then really between Stephen Christopher and Joel Castrain who starts the game. Uh, they're much of a likeness really, Adrian, for me. They play similar. Um, they're more attack-minded. And I suppose you can't have that on both sides, but with McKean on one side, he certainly overcompensates. He does the world of work. Um, so I'm not sure. Stephen Christopher or Joel is a toss-up, really, for me. It's a very, very important game, though. There's no doubt about that. In relation to the table, I suppose, Adrian, the win will keep Treaty in them playoff spots, and that's where they need to be. Noel quite rightly say that Lone's performances have certainly improved, you know, as we kind of predicted they would under Martin Russell. They were on the verge of a win, really, for a few weeks. It was 2-1 to Wexford, 3-2 to Cove, and then 2-1 to Galway. So we're very, very close in them games prior, obviously, to, to the 4-1 defeat to Cork last week. But I'm sure Martin Russell won't read too much into that. And if he, if he is to take a positive from it, I suppose, it's that they managed to score against Cork, which isn't easy to do. Um, the disciplinary record hasn't been great, Adrian. With three red cards already. Aaron Connolly saw red there in the Cork defeat. And as no one said, they have a tough game against Bray on Friday. And that's more good news for Treaty, really. It gives Tommy to look at him an opportunity to look closer, I suppose, at lawn. And and he'll need to, he can't take it for granted, Adrian. He certainly can't. Uh, no one mentioned O'Leary. They've Slinger men, obviously, as well, and, and Glenn McCauley. And I think it's success out again that, that no one is referring to is, is causing a lot of people problems in, in the final third for that loan. So they have threats. They can't be taken lightly, Adrian. They can't be underestimated, but I'd certainly be expecting Treaty to win the game. And I know Carlton Obanuzo, who's with Galway, has made a decent start to his uh, time with that loan as well. It must be said, Noel, you mentioned about the wingers there. And from talking to Treaty supporters at the game the other night, there's some of them that are wondering maybe... Will Willie Armshaw be given a go from the start? Uh, what's your own opinion on that? Because I know there has been a clamour and Tommy has been quick in the past to say that maybe he doesn't think that Willie Armshaw has the stamina to go from the start at this level. Uh, do you think that he could be knocking on the door for a start? Yeah, I think so. And in fairness to Tommy, I think he has a point. I think, you know, he made some huge impact last season in a lot of games, but it was, it was coming on, you know, in the last 20 minutes in terms of creating goals and scoring goals scored a couple of spectacular goals and very important ones as well. And the couple of games he started, like, yeah, it didn't work out that way. I suppose he's there now for a year. Um, so 
I'm sure that he wants to to push on and, and get a few starts. And maybe Monday night is a good opportunity to start him, particularly with the options. And Jason has touched on the options that Treaty have. You can certainly start him. And if things aren't working out, you do have the option for a Stephen Christopher or, or a Joel Custrain. But I'm, I'm sure that I'll be chopping into bit. And look, I, I, I feel myself, um, I wouldn't be as impressed with Stephen Christopher as, as other people may be. And I, I just feel that you need to get someone on who's creating goals or scoring goals. And I think Joel has shown that he's capable of doing that. And actually, Willie Armshaw has, has shown that as well. Yeah, I know that uh, Joel Castrain, so it's uh, maybe unfairly dropped. I know he had a decent start to the season, in, in fairness, so he'll definitely be jumping at the bit, uh, as Noel said. I suppose it's that time of the evening, gentlemen, as well, where we've got to look at the other games in the division. Tonight, what we're going to do is split it up into more detail with two games for Jason, two games for Noel, but we will be getting your predictions, both of you, on camera, just in case there's any snaky, uh, people think there's any snaky business going on here, there isn't. Uh, must be said, but Jason, I know you're now you're now on 28 points, but Noel O'Connor has closed in a tiny bit on 26. I'm back myself back in the the relegation drops on on uh, 22 points, well behind. So we keep that as quiet as we can. But that's that's where we feel right now. I suppose the first game we'll go for Jason is Galway versus Cove. Galway lost their first game of the season against Longford. Uh, that was one, I suppose, that was going to be a sticky one for Galway, it must be said, especially, you know, Longford at home. We're expecting it to be relatively strong uh, the last 2-1. I, I have went for Galway to bounce back here uh, with a win. What's your own thoughts? Yeah, I would expect Galway to bounce back quickly, Adrian. It's a difficult place to go, Longford. We kind of said that in, a, in our predictions, you know, and, and they're turning over a few results. There's no doubt about that. First defeat for, for Galway, I kind of predicted a draw. I'm sure they would have been happy with a draw coming out of there. But look, I think Cove now are in that area of the table where, where we expect them to be, Adrian. You know, like they make life awkward for people in, in St. Coleman's Park. But away from home and, and trying to maintain that consistency, I suppose, that you know, that they've lacked over a couple of seasons now, you know, and it goes back to the, the treaty draw there. That's the only draw Cove have, you know, and I suppose that's why I said at the time I felt it was, it was two points dropped. But I would expect Galway to bounce back. They can't afford to lose any more ground, especially with the farm Parker in. Um, so I'll go for a Galway win there, Adrian. Yeah, Noel, what's your own thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree there with Jason. I think that Galway will bounce back and they'll be too strong for uh, for Cove. Yeah, and Noel, just to stick with yourself, uh, one of the, the heavier hitter games, as we call them, Waterford, they're hosting Longford, who will be bouncing off the back of a, a big win against Galway as well. Waterford now, of course, have lost two on the bounce within three weeks. I know Ian Morris cut a very frustrated figure last week, and in fairness to his team, if they, they came close to, to snatching a draw on, on a couple of occasions, but as you said, three, they did have another good few chances as well. On top of that, this one, uh, harder to call it must be said I have actually went for a draw myself I think Longford may get a draw in Waterford what do you think? Yeah I was thinking that myself that it might be a draw but I'm just thinking um, and while we did talk about Longford and their home farm being strong I think that our Longford their home farm being being strong I just feel that Waterford you know be out of pure necessity will probably get a win I'm sure Ian Morris will be disappointed at, he, at his own selection that he didn't start Wordsworth in the game. I think he had made a massive impact when he came on and, and scored and 
and could have got an equalizer. And so his physical presence was um, was important. But I think, you know, the fact that Waterford are at home and their need is is really, really strong, I think they'll probably do enough to get a win there. Yeah, I was actually very disappointed with myself. I looked back and saw that it was Eddie Nolan scored the goal and I had people convincing me in the ground it was Anthony Wordsworth scored that goal uh, last week. So I'm very disappointed that I bowed to that pressure. But um, we'll say, Jason, just to move on now, Wexford and Cork, Cork are absolutely flying it. I know that you're probably... Be, be delighted yourself. You went with Cork to, to win the league. They are looking fairly strong now at the moment, although obviously very early days, it must be said. Going to Wexford, uh, what's your own uh, vision of how this game will go? Yeah, around the crest of a wave, Adrian, there's no doubt. Confidence is, is sky high. I think the defence really is is the rock that these results are, are being built on for Cork. You know, Gilchrist and Hackling in particular, and they've only conceded two goals Adrian, I think that is that is the base from which they're springing from, and they should be able to cope, I suppose, with with the attacking prowess of of Corcoran and Davis, and they'll probably play two up front. Wexford, they've been a breath of fresh air this season for me. Really attacking, very good to watch. There's always goal goals in their games, um, but I just think the quality that Cork have beginning to look too much you know for this division a little bit like Shelburne last year I know it's early days Adrian but Barry Coffey Aaron Bulger Keith Murphy in particular very very impressive going forward you know and when you combine that with that defensive record that I just spoke about it explains why they're they're becoming big favourites you know I'd expect them to win the game most definitely and, and maintain their good form I almost left you off the hook Jason Waterford and Longford yeah, I'm going to agree with Noel. I think the need is is so strong for Waterford that they'll need a result, especially at home. Um, and I take his point on, on Wordsworth and they brought on Louis Britton as well, who, who's good for a goal for them. So I'd expect a few changes for me and Morris and, and I think Waterford will win that game, Adrian. Yeah, and Noel, on Wexford and Cork. Yeah, so it's a big test for Wexford and they are a better fresh air and they've really improved. I mean, it's night and day, their form compared to last year. And obviously, this is a real asset test for them. Um, and look, if they could get anything out of the game, it would be a massive confidence boost to them. But uh, I can't see the, the Cork um, show coming on stuck in this game. And while there probably will be a few goals in it, I think that, that Cork will manage to get more than, than Wexford and it'll be a Cork victory. Yeah, Noel, we finally have Athlone versus Bray. I went for a Bray win here again. What about yourself? Yeah, again, like, you know, we're talking about Athlone and the matchup. I think they'll, they'll probably prioritise the home game. Um, they've been close enough to result. Bray have been patchy enough, really, overall, and um, I'm going to go for a draw here. A draw. Hmm, that's an interesting call. Can Athlone take a decent result into the game with Treaty next week? Jason, are you going to be in agreement with that? No, so I'm going to go for a brave victory, Adrian. Um, I just think it's it's a little bit too early for that loan to be turning over the likes of Bray. Um, if they do pick up a point, they'll, they'll obviously have confidence coming to the Marcus Field and on Monday. I'd be hoping for two reasons that, that Bray turn them over, that they won't be as confident coming to, to visit Treaty. And, and obviously I'll keep that, that lead at the top of our table. I just think Bray have have the quality, Adrian, that that could be enough to get them the result. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm not really a mystic mega. I was almost there. I, I 
decided to predict what you would predict beforehand. And Noel O'Connor's after throwing me here with the Atlone and Bray draw. Otherwise, I had a clean sweep, seven out of, but seven out of eight, unfortunately. Uh, on that one, we'll see how that goes uh, for next week. I suppose, Jason, just to stick with yourself as well, we're going to switch our attention to junior football. And we know we're in absolute silly season, it must be said, at junior level, particularly this year, Jason, because you had COVID call-offs, you had weather postponements. So even, even tonight, for instance, the Divisional Cup draws from 1A down were only taking place tonight. And we're at the start of April, which is almost unheard of in previous seasons. It shows how long is left. Eight league games for a lot of teams. I suppose maybe get a small word on you, on the big from you on the big game, excuse me, with Pike Rovers travelling to Waterford to play Burnley FC in the quarterfinal of the FAI. But I suppose in another way, I must say as well, hats off in my opinion to the LDMC so far in the change in league format, because I have to say the bottom six of the division is really hotting up. Uh, everyone seems to be beating each other. It, it must be said there's a bit of a three-horse race for the top of it. Kilmallock still have a chance to get out at the bottom. And as well as that, you have Balananti sneaking back up now and have Fairview to play twice, Pike to play twice. So it, it has been interesting. It has, Adrian. I was a big advocate for it. It keeps teams in the bottom six, I suppose, more competitive, more to play for. And a lot of people have forgotten there's an actual trophy to play for if you finish top of that bottom six. And it's interesting, you look at the top six and, and the team in sixth has probably less points than the team now in seventh and, and eighth, possibly. James are doing really well. Gary Kelly is in there doing um, the coaching and the organisation and He's someone I'm very familiar with and I've worked with a lot over the years and he's a fantastic coach and since he's come in Adrian, the results and performances have certainly improved. There's no doubt about that. Did a big win against Kuna. Um, so congrats to Gary on that. He's doing an excellent job. And it's very, very close for that top of the top six. You rightly said, Bella, <clears throat> fighting their way back into that title race. Um but look, Pike and Fairview, it'll be a battle for that for that title for me between the two of them. And, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, especially with Pike's game um, against Hibernian the weekend. The Pike committee, the Pike supporters, Adrian, are used to winning. You know, they take a league title, there's no doubt about that. But I'm sure they'd love to get their hands on, on another FEI a long time since they won one. Um, and look, there will be favourites going into the game for me. They will, maybe that's a bit biased. The Waterford contingent might be too happy, but look, Piker, fantastic club, some excellent players, and, and we wish them all the best. I do expect Pike to see Pike in, in the semi final as well. And I suppose, speaking of the quarter final draw on the Munster Junior, just to mention it as well, you have an all Limerick clash with Fairview Rangers and, and Broadford in that, which should be an interesting tie to be played in a few weeks. And then also as well, you have Ashley Anacotti, who maybe feel like they got the raw end of the stick playing St. Michael's away. But, you know, you're going to get a tough, at that stage of competition, you're going to have a tough uh, competition no matter where uh, you have to go. So that's that's for sure. And, Noel, just to finish on a bright note, uh, the Irish international team, I know there was a lot of frustrated uh, heads coming into the 96th minute last night because it was nil all at home to Lithuania. As you said, Lithuania defended deep, frustrated. Ireland, Tripart came up with the winner. But overall, I suppose, they were now eight games unbeaten. It was a fairly successful uh, few days and a, a successful, excuse me, international break overall. A, a draw of Belgium, the number one ranked team, even though, you know, they didn't bring their host of star names. But I suppose if you look back maybe a year ago, we couldn't have foreseen this. I know it's been good and it was important after the, that they came back and continued, say, the work, if you like, that had been done. 
since um, the last international window. Um, I think, in fairness, Troy Parrot, fantastic finish. Um, the venom and power he got in his strike. And uh, I think the last big game, and look, it wouldn't have been a disaster if they didn't win last night. It was great that they did, but it just reminded me of that, you know, when they were waiting for that first win, it was Troy Parrot that got them going outside in Andorra when, you know, when they went to goal down as well. So certainly it's a bit of a lucky charm uh, for Stephen Kenny, I think. And look, he's still only a, a young chap. And uh, hopefully he, he actually drives on from here. He's played 34 games now with his club this season and scored a few goals and seems to have his head in the right place, which is obviously very important if he wants to, to reach his, his real potential. And this guy certainly has a, has a lot of potential. Yeah, certainly the case. And my thanks once again to Jason and Noel O'Connor this evening for joining us on the soccer scene. We'll have a packed show next week to bring you up for the 10th episode once we reach the double figures as we'll digest the 3D night of that loan game and obviously the other first division games. But we'll also preview 3D versus Bray as well as digesting some of the junior soccer news as well next week. So we hope you can join us for that too. And thank you once again for listening in. Preview.